This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Happy Friday. As I mentioned before, it is a, a football Friday. An actual the preps in town got underway last, uh, last night. There'll be more tonight in the rain, I presume. But hey, that's football weather. The Broncos get underway tomorrow for their preseason finale against the 49ers. That'll be here in Denver. And we're not very far away from the Colorado Buffaloes. Very anticipated debut in Fort Worth, Texas against TCU. Joining us to talk about all of it from CBS News Colorado, our friend Justin Adams. Justin Adams TV is the Twitter handle. Uh, Justin, thanks for joining us as always. Uh, let's start with the Broncos with the news that you know Jerry Judy will be out for uh, an indeterminate amount of time. But I think the best guess is if they see him before week three, they'd be delighted. For a team that has a narrow path to wild card viability, is this the nail in the coffin for that, or do you believe they can work their way around it? Uh, they can work their way around it, though. What they need to do is go to Office Depot because they have some great bubble wrap and then just wrap all the wide receivers in that so that they don't get hurt because that's one thing that could be able to help out this team. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Once you lose Tim Patrick, then you lose Jerry Judy, then you have uh, Jalen Virgil as well, those three guys out. Now you look at your wide receiver room and you say, okay, what are we going to do in order to be successful? Well, now you have to hope that Marvin Mims becomes the second coming of Eddie Royal. And it makes sense <laughs> that you play against the Raiders. Like, that's the only way that this is going to happen, that, right? That's a great If line. Marvin Mims can be able to have the same performance that A.D. Royal did. Like yeah, his rookie game, year, he had over 900 yards and receptions. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? I believe at the time, um, Hall, I want to say the back, um, was this guy was going up. So for a guy like Marvin Mims, it just shows, look, it doesn't matter where you draft it. Um, you all have an opportunity. Where your opportunity is, is Nope. Might have lost Justin a little bit there. We'll see if we can get things all cleared up. But but the, the point, I think, is is sound because exactly right. Eddie Royal had 980 receiving yards and five touchdowns in his uh, in his rookie year. We're trying to – we'll get Justin back in a in a moment. Uh, it, it is going to take something like that from, from somebody, whether it's Brandon Johnson or Eddie Royal, to break out, and that's going to make things really challenging. Yeah, it will be. And if you – you know, it, it's it's challenging, but it's not. And the reason why I say it's not is there's a way that you can protect your quarterback and also protect your wide receivers. And how do you do it? You do it with a nice running game. And that's what this team is going to have to do. Now you look at Devontae Williams and say, man, it's great that you were able to have your carries against the 49ers. You look great. You look fast. You look back to normal. Well, guess what? We're going to need you to run that rock a little bit more. Um, we're going to put a little bit more on your shoulders right now. Same thing with Samar J.P. Ryan. We're going to put more on your shoulders as well. So you need those guys to be able to step up Help out your quarterback to be able to find your guys, especially in easy down and distances, and you don't want to be in those third down and longs because I don't see you really going in a four, uh, you know, even five wide receiver set when you don't have that many wide receivers on the roster. I thought, and we talked about this earlier, uh, Justin, before we brought you on in the last hour, that the wrong question was asked of Sean Payton uh, after the Judy injury. Uh, do you feel as if you're snake bitten? And of course, he reacted poorly to that, uh, as I would have too. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's hocus pocus. That's nonsense. Yeah, but nonsense. but here's the right question: Where have you gone, Lauren Landau? Oh my! <laughs> right Man, now, you've got right. you've got Bo Lowry, 
whom Peyton defends to the hilt, the new vice president of player health and performance, other than the fancy title and executive status, what have the results been under Lowry that are appreciably different, better than the results under the so-called Landau administration? I mean, you, what people will look out and say is that, wow, the Broncos led the league and guys on injury reserve, and that's the reason why that Landau has to go. Yes. And you look and say, wait a minute, football's a contact sport. It's a contact sport. So guess what's going to happen? You're going to get injured. Like It, it happens in this game of football, but it's the type of injuries that you always look at. And when you see players go down with an Achilles, when you see guys go down with hamstrings, when you see exactly. guys go down with soft tissue injury, yep. all that, and I mean all that, is on whoever is running the strength and conditioning. And that's going to be what's happening right now with the Broncos. So you know what? They made a mistake just like you probably did with the kicking situation. Now that they find themselves, uh, well, the kicking situation, we'll have to find that one out too. Because for the Broncos, try to get better than the 16.9 points dead last in the league last year. They don't look explosive when it comes to the passing game at this point. Russell Wilson is sort of a work in progress. But let's let's pivot to, to Russ. Have you seen enough of an improvement from the end of last year to preseason game one to preseason game two where you believe that the progress is headed in the right direction um, to the stage where they can't wait for him to be right without Jerry Judy? He's got to come out of the gate and look a little bit like the old Russell Wilson. Do you believe that's realistic or is this too soon to expect that? I believe he could do that early on in the season when you're playing against teams like Washington and you also play against the Raiders at home. But if this was middle of the year, you're taking on Kansas City and you're going on the road on Monday night to face Buffalo, that's not going to happen. And so you have to do what you got to do in order to win. At the, end of the guy, at, at the end of the day, guys, the season is a compilation of games that you have, right? Guys always talk about stacking victories, and they always look at – games or at least a season in four blocks right in four game blocks that you have you got to figure out a way how to end these first four games three and one and if that's Russ running the ball more if that's Russ doing more things with his legs trying to create more opportunities for his wide receivers down the field then so be it you just have to figure out one way or the other in order to have more points than the other team I know that sounds extremely simple um, not complicated at all but that's maybe what you have to do with this team. Just say, what do we have to do in order to go and score one more point than the other team? Do we go on defense now and say, we kind of make it that defensive-minded game? Is that something that we do? Do we come out of two tight ends, one tight end and a fullback? Is that what we do and try to run the ball, milk the clock when, when we can? Those are the type of things that you have to go and do um, if you're going to go and win these games. And so now that you're down a couple of wide receivers, that may be the course of action for the Broncos. Since it's been the subject of uh, much debate and conversation on ESPN over the last few days, and uh, we, have, we have talked about it from time to time ourselves, I want to ask you the question, because opinion seems to be divided on this point, between those who say that Sean Payton was hired first and foremost to quote-unquote fix Russell Wilson, or was Sean Payton hired to begin to develop a process or set of processes by which the Broncos would win sooner rather than later? It's both. And, look, I think a lot of people would say, well, Russ didn't need any fixing. Well, if you didn't need any fixing, then no matter who your coach is, 
you wouldn't have career lows in touchdown passes, career low in completion percentage. Like that wouldn't have been an issue for you, right? Because it doesn't matter what coach you have, you end up making it happen one way or the other. So for one way, he did need some fixing. And one of the things that we saw was he needed to lose some weight. Well, what was the reason why he wanted to gain weight? Was because he wanted to sit there in the pocket and throw the football and try to be his best impersonation of Peyton Manning. That's not Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is a guy who makes things happen with his legs, who's able to go in, just make those those plays, those unscheduled plays, right, where the defense thinks that everything is done, we got him in our grasp, uh, we have the wide receivers covered, and, oh, my goodness, here comes Russ running out, right out of the pocket, scrambling and making things happen. Like, those are the things that – you have to do in order to be successful. So I think that Sean Payton came to do both of those things. Yeah, number one, you did come to just make sure Russ remembers who he is as a quarterback, the Hall of Fame quarterback that he will be. And, oh, by the way, you're here to win some football games in a very, very tough AFC. You're not allowed on talk radio, Justin, to say both. That's a cardinal sin you just That is the cardinal committed, sin, right? It's almost like saying USC or saying that Colorado will beat USC, which we've got to get to that again. I know I said that last week. I got some uh You want to pull back to on that? Right. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll get, get to, that. to that. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, we we can do exactly that. And it's okay. I mean, just you know, you're on TV, so you're good. You can do what you, yeah. whatever you want. You got you got the, you know, great hair, the pretty face. You got all that stuff. You can do what you want. Nobody stops you. Uh, up and Boulder, the kickoff luncheon for the Buffaloes went off today. Uh, Adam Mustertag, who covers the team for BuffStampede.com, uh, caught a little bit of Deion Sanders speaking to the packed, packed luncheon. I want to just have a clip that we can all listen to real quick before we react. Okay. Quick phone call. I'm confident we took care of the business aspect of it. I believe... When I landed here, we were greeted by a multitude of all of the students at the airport. And I just shook my head and I said, I believe. Just don't look Then we got here and I met the media and the, the love and the appreciation and support. I said, I believe. Then I walked around town and we went to eat here and there with my sons. I said, wow, they didn't have grits, but I, I believe. <laughs> and as I journeyed all around the city, it was so much love, so much spirit, so much energy, and so much warmth from you all. And I continued to believe. Then started to see the coaches come in one by one, and, and they were looking around like, wow, we couldn't believe this place. And what you all have established here, the, the beauty of it, and the beauty just looking at the windows and seeing the mountains. I'm from Florida, man. I've never seen no mountains and been in no snow. I believe. Do you believe? Is, have you seen enough of the culture change and the influx in talent to believe that the Buffalo can make a bowl this year? I do believe that they can make a bowl game this year. I did say earlier that they could beat USC. Um, I will give a pause on that. And I think, <laughs> let me be honest with this, okay? I think me saying that, because I do believe they're going to upset somebody, and I so badly want it to beat USC, okay? This is more personal for me for USC, right? But I think a lot of Buzz fans, hearing that, they have to understand one thing, is that anytime you're changing a culture, you also have to understand that Deion Sanders is a tremendous salesman, right? So you have a packed room, and you have everybody believing, right, that this is going to be a team that's not only going to go to a bowl, 
but they're going to go and win seven, eight games, even a little bit more than that, right? I just hope that Boulder, Buffs fans, that when things do go awry, because they will have a losing streak, when that does happen, that you continue to stay in there and you continue to stick it out for what, Coach, what, what Deion Sanders and Coach Prime is doing. Like, you got to make sure that you stick it out. On the other side is that it's so easy just to say that, hey, they're going to walk into, you know, Fort Worth and beat TCU and just stick out of – you know, stomp all over Nebraska and Colorado State's not an issue. It's going to be very difficult for this team to be able to win games. So no matter what happens, <laughs> know that you are in a much better place today than you have been since 2016. You are in a way better place. And so give it time. I understand the transfer portal. I understand the now and everybody wants to win immediately and all these other different things. No matter what, it's still takes time in order for this team to gel the way that this team looks against TCU would not be the same way that they look when they play against Utah not just because of injury but because it takes time for this team to be able to come together so just be patient with this roster I do believe that they can get to a bowl game I might just be a little bit off my keister though when I talk about them beating USC that's all all right you touched on the point on the transfer portal the athletic put out its top 100 transfer list and CU is certainly well represented. Five of the top 89 transfers will be playing this year for Colorado, including Hunter and Sanders from Jackson State, Horn from USF, McCaskill from Houston, and uh, this warms my heart, uh, Cox, the defensive lineman from Dartmouth. Uh, yeah. Is that enough combined with the freshman recruits who in two or three cases figure to be like McLean instant yeah. starters, McLean, maybe even stars right away in terms of a, a McLean along with Hunter uh, as good a pair of cornerbacks as there is at least in the pac 12. You know, what's interesting. Um, I'm going to say no. And this is why uh, one of the things I first up with Kermani McLean, I had a friend of mine, former buff. Well, so uh, went to a practice this week. And he told me, he's a guy who played linebacker, knows a lot about DBs as well. He said he's not ready. Um, he's he not he's ready. He says he's not ready yet. And so I'm like, really? He says, well, we got plenty of depth at corner. I don't think that he's ready right now. Okay. So with that being said, you do have a couple of guys who are impact players immediately. But I just come back to it where it's going to take some time for this to come together. I don't know. And – I know you guys have covered sports for years, Sandy. I know you've been in the biz for a, for a while yourself. Happy birthday, by the way, my friend. Thank you. Thank but you. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a team where you have pretty much 70-plus guys come to a roster and come together so quickly. Because even in the NFL, I understand that you have brand-new guys coming into the building. That always happens. But you don't have 70 that come into the building and come together. So – to me, it's like Missouri, man. You have to show me. It's a show-me time, and they will have better players individually. How would they be as a combined unit will be the one thing that I'm going to look at for this team. When things go wrong, and things will go wrong, it goes wrong for everybody, Georgia, Alabama, doesn't matter who it is, how will this team be able to come together? If they're down by 10 points, 14 points early against TCU, how will they respond? If they're up late in the fourth quarter, how would they respond? Those are the things that I'm going to look out for with this team. 
The last one for you, we'll switch it back to the Broncos. Is there anything in particular you're looking at in Saturday's preseason finale, or did we see everything we needed to in the joint practices this yeah, week? Yeah, back, backup quarterback. I mean, somebody has to who, – who's going to be the backup quarterback? Jared Stidham, the contract alone. I, I mean, contracts mean nothing to me, right? Um, if, if you are not playing well, then you have to make a change. You know what? The Broncos a couple of years ago, um, they made a change at backup quarterback as well, right? They had two guys who were going after the backup job. Neither played well in the preseason, and then both of those guys were out waiting up with a guy named Brandon Allen to be on the roster. So that could be something that we see here. I get it, the $5 million that you have for Stidham, but if he's not playing well, then you may see some moves being made. And we already seen some with, you know, Cleveland making a trade for Dobbs, um, uh, training him to Arizona, for example. We've seen a lot of different moves already being made. We could possibly see something else with the Broncos, too. So I wouldn't be surprised at that. I just want to go and see these backups play well. And I don't matter. It doesn't matter to me what the weather is. Am I correct? Is Brandon Allen the fourth quarterback in San Francisco, at least as we speak? Yeah, I can't believe okay. you <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, like, Since you how? brought up the name, since mm-hmm. you brought up the name, how about going after San Francisco's number three quarterback? I right bring, here, right now. I would bring Trey Lance here in a heartbeat. I would dangle a seventh, sixth. I would go as high as a fifth-round pick and bring him here. I mean, you think about it. I don't think it'll take much more than that, by the way. No. Mid-round no. pick, at best, could be a fifth-rounder. If Sean Payton is the quarterback whisperer that he says he is, and we know that he is, right? He, does, he has done a great job throughout the years then why not take a talent who hasn't had a whole lot of snaps in his career, oh, by the way, is very athletic, and just take a flyer on him so that if Russ gets injured or if Russ doesn't work out for one way or another this year or next year, guess who you have there waiting for you? Like, that's the type of plan that you have to have, and you're only going to give up a sixth-round pick, a fifth-round pick for a potential starter for the next decade? That's something that you should do, definitely. You can't see him, but Sandy's trying to high-five you through the phone line right now. <laughs> well, it's his birthday. That's why we high-five uh, yeah, right He is Justin Adams. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, Justin Adams TV, CBS News, Colorado. It is going to be a, a fun week. Football is actually upon us. College football is live this weekend, and uh, we get it all going. So always great to talk to Justin. Appreciate it. Have a wonderful weekend. Sean, Sandy, have a blessed day. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Thanks thanks so much. Justin redeeming himself, by the way, for dodging my earlier question on why Sean Payton was hired. (laughs) Redeemed himself with that last response. Uh, The situation with Payton, with Russell Wilson, the the quarterbacking situation, obviously, and it's interesting that that Justin brought that up. You know, Jared Stidham, uh, Payton's guy. How much does that really mean? What does it mean if Russell Wilson falters? Uh, Ryan Clark from ESPN, an interesting comment about he that did. this morning. We'll hear from him and talk about it next. Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar, presented by Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app and start winning today at Superbook.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. I attempted to pile on the Rockies after our discussion during the break, but we'll save that real quick. We'll uh, save. It's bad. The 
fallout for the Jerry Judy injury, I think, changes yep. the calculus for the Denver Broncos, and it makes things far, far more difficult to make the playoffs. It was narrow, narrow pathway anyway. And one of the games I think they had to have is this opener. And I think they were the better team, and now I'm not sure they are. And it's yep. going to be very, very important for this team to get that that win. And these games in which Jerry Judy is out all of a sudden become vastly more important and more difficult unless the Broncos, I guess, make some sort of trade or find some sort of signing and all that at this point, probably not going to happen. So how much of this again, unfortunately falls on the shoulders of Russell Wilson, who's being asked to do an awful lot. Wilson is being asked to turn his career around, play in a different offense in a, in a manner in which he's never played. And now with a, let alone a stable of receivers with one receiver with any significant NFL contributions that he's familiar with, with apologies to Marcos Calloway, who did lead the Saints in receiving in Sean Payton's final year, and I suspect he's going to have an opportunity to step up. A lot lands on Wilson's shoulders again while they're trying to get him right. And that increases the likelihood. It's not a guarantee, but it increases the likelihood that things could go really haywire. And if that's the case, what is Sean Payton prepared to do? Earlier today on Get Up Over at ESPN, Ryan Clark had some thoughts. If Russell Wilson doesn't have the sort of year that he was expected to have when he was acquired by the Denver Broncos, we could see Sean Payton go all Nino Brown and cancel that chick. He'll buy a new one. When you think about what Russell Wilson was supposed to be in elevating this team, at least in the AFC West, it was supposed to be on par with Justin Herbert, on par with the Patrick Mahomes, and we didn't see that. And Sean Payton isn't tied to Russell Wilson in any way. This isn't a Drew Brees. Sean Payton relationship where everything that they do is going to be in lockstep with one another. And so if Russell Wilson isn't getting the ball out of his hands, if Russell Wilson isn't playing on time, if he's not able to complete those footballs downfield and allow the Denver Broncos to not just be better than last year, but compete, we could see Jared Stidham. And now I don't necessarily think it could be week one. Oh, you don't have Tim Patrick. You don't have Jerry Judy. The running game's not going well. Russell Wilson's on the bench, but he will be under scrutiny. Everything that he does will be evaluated, not just for today, but can Russell Wilson be the quarterback or the franchise guy with Sean Payton as the head coach? And every week will be an evaluation of that. Every day will be an interview. And if Russell Wilson doesn't pass, if Russell Wilson isn't playing great, that will be a discussion that we'll have here here every Monday morning. Yeah, uh, the focus is still on him. So we've heard in the last two days from five ESPN commentators, all on first take, Tannenbaum, Spears, and Clark say Russell Wilson's on notice. Orlovsky and Sal Palantonio say, no, he's not, not in particular, uh, Orlovsky is essentially saying you really think they're going to Jarrett Stidham. And Sal's saying the very reason that Peyton was brought in above and beyond anything else was to quote unquote fix Russell Wilson. And if he can't, nobody can. Um, I'm, I'm, 
somewhat sympathetic to part of what Sal said in that Stidham is no option, but, you know, it isn't just Stidham. As our our friend Justin Adams just pointed out, it, it isn't, it, to me, Stidham is a very small part of the calculation here. You don't have to go to Stidham. You can bring in somebody. You can trade for a Trey Lance. You don't have to go to Stidham. You don't have to go to anybody this year. But Sean Payton, if my supposition, and I think to an extent your supposition is correct, he knows he doesn't have a playoff team right now. Yes, I agree. I knows I, I've, this I've felt confident in that since the day. I, I know he said playoff, you know, if, he, if, if this is the playoff teams, he'll be upset. I know he said that. That's what you say to pump up your team. That's what you say to ex- set expectations. I think he's smart enough to know the reality is barring some something strange going on in a lot of other teams in the AFC, his team is not good enough to make the playoffs. I think he'll, he knows that. He'll never say it. I think that he'll means he's less it. likely to bench Russell Wilson, however, okay. and I right. think they'll invest the rest of this year he'll, in trying to get him right. He'll never say it, but he's looking ahead to 2024. Agreed. And the other thing that Sal said that I agreed with is that don't even talk about George Payton or anybody else inside the organization. This organization is headed up and run exclusively by Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the end of the story. By design. Sal said that, and he's absolutely right. And that's by design. He's absolutely right about the that. The Broncos knew what they were doing when they brought in Sean Payton. You don't bring in a guy like that and then tell him to work with the holdover GM. I mean, you don't. It's just that simple. Sean Payton's career record gives him that kind of clout. And, yes, he's he's running the football side, period. He is. It is every bit that simple. Uh, George Payton, I don't care what it looks like on the organizational chart. George Payton works for Sean Payton. Sean Payton actually kind of made that clear prior to the draft when he talked about the potential trade of either Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. And that's the way I think Broncos ownership wants it. They want a person with a singular vision to focus on how to get the Denver Broncos from where they are to where they were. And in the short term, that includes and must must involve getting Russell Wilson back to a semblance of his old self. I agree. I don't think the prime is ever coming back because I think he's too, he's older. It's not happening. But they have to get a semblance of the Russell Wilson that was a Pro Bowl quarterback back, a bare minimum, to get this thing turned around in the short term. And there are short-term goals, and there are long-term goals. And many of them overlap, but not all of them necessarily do. You can have a subpar season this year in the short term and not have it necessarily ding the prospects of a longer-term turnaround because of the nature of the salary cap, because of other opportunities you have to improve the roster. that they can, They're not at cross-purposes, but they don't have to fully align. And Sean Payton understands that and understands this year in the short term, I need to get Russell Wilson right. That may or may not. I could get Russell Wilson looking like you did a few years ago, and we still might not make the playoffs. It doesn't necessarily mean the one follows the other. I, I do think, and I, I would only interject to say this. I think Sean Payton knows that the Russell Wilson who played in Seattle as recently as 2020 
And at times, even in 2021, that guy's gone. I don't that think, I don't think he's coming forever. back. No, I that, agree. That guy's gone forever. Whatever you have now, whatever he has left, you've got to try to fashion that and make out of Russell Wilson a serviceable the best version NFL of what he can be now starter rather than a mid to lower tier three guy he's got to be an upper edge tier three he's got to be an upper uh, edge I, I tier three it, I think, I think tier very, one and tier nice. two those days are gone and, and Russell Wilson was a tier one guy at times and he was throughout virtually the entire time he was in Seattle when he wasn't a tier one, he was a tier two and a solid tier two at that. That guy's gone and he's not coming back. I think that's realistic given the age, given the, 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 the slight decline in foot speed and the slight decline in foot speed can make a big difference. It's akin to a baseball pitcher that loses a couple miles up an hour after your fastball. And you can go from being someone who strikes everybody out to someone who now has to nibble at the corners. Yeah. And I think in yeah. Wilson's case with the foot speed, which is natural and he's tried to get lighter to try to help with that, but there's a natural decline. Sure. And there's a reason that the passers that age well into their thirties for the most part, aren't actually all that mobile and never were. Drew Brees was never mobile. Tom Brady was never mobile. Peyton Manning was never mobile. Do they know how to maneuver in the pocket with yes. a step here and there? You bet they do, but mobile quarterbacks. No, because they learn to play where their foot speed was not going to be a difference maker. Exactly. Russell Wilson did not. So this natural decline, which is not his fault, it's just getting older. And getting, it, getting, hit, and a getting lot. hit a lot. Now, some of that is uh, on him. but but the, Some of it. But the, the lack of speed any, is just enough those, of a difference. Any quarterback, any quarterback, even championship-level quarterbacks. You know, Eli Manning was a part of two Super Bowl champions. Russell Super Wilson was part of a Super Bowl championship and went to two Super Bowls, went to Super Bowls in back-to-back years. And it's a big part of the reason Seattle got there. Not the biggest reason the defense was, but it, a, a major reason they, they got there. Listen, it, it, these, these guys, even great ones for the most part age. And we, we tend to focus on the Brady's and the breeze Peyton Manning's, even Peyton didn't play into his 40s. And we tend to focus on those guys without paying attention to the the idea that they really didn't have to alter their games very much. And as they got older, they released the ball more quickly. They read defenses more quickly. They got smarter. They were already smart to begin with, even brilliant, but they got even Mm -hmm. better at reading defenses. And that's why I always said Peyton Manning, without much in the way of uh, elusiveness was always his best pass protector because he read defenses and got rid of the ball right. on time or earlier than on time. And unfortunately, that's one of Russell Wilson's weaknesses. And so the, the loss of foot speed is going to exacerbate that problem. That's just the reality. That's how it and works. And when he had foot speed, he could hold the ball a little longer. Sure. He could let plays develop. Listen, Ben Roethlisberger... I must say, uh, not really a runner, uh, although he was strong. Right. Not really a runner, though, right? No, no. Pretty steep decline in his last yes. year or so. It's a great point. It's because a great point. 
And I don't consider and, Russell Wilson a runner. He's right. he's mobile. Because he, he uses, just yeah. got hit so much throughout his career, took so much punishment. Yeah, big guy, 240, 245, whatever he was. But he got hit so much, it just got slower and slower and slower. And there became a point beneath which he could not fall that he was just too slow. Just too slow. Kenny Pickett's not really a runner, but he plays a hell of a lot faster than Ben Roethlisberger did at the end. Roethlisberger at the end, I'm talking about. Right. I'm not talking about. Roethlisberger played oh, it, well for a longer period of time than most guys. Mm-hmm. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Multiple-time Super Bowl champion. Of course he's a Hall of Famer. Of course but, he's a Hall of Famer. And out of that class of 04 quarterbacks, Rivers, Eli, Roethlisberger, the best of the three quarterbacks by far is Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger had five, it took 554 sacks. That's the second most all time to Tom Brady. The difference is Tom Brady took 565 sacks, 21 more sacks in his career. But Roethlisberger held the ball, too. Right. He held the ball. It wasn't but all offensive line. Brady had 335 starts, and Roethlisberger had 249. Yeah. Here's yeah. the scary part. For Roethlisberger, okay. that's an average of 2.2 sacks a game over the course of his career. Russell Wilson is next in line to join the 500 career sack club, which, uh, quite frankly, is rather distinguished because it's proved you played long enough. It includes Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, John Elway. That's it. That's the total number of guys that have ever taken that. And Russell Wilson is next, and he will get it this year. But Russell Wilson in his career has taken 2.78, half a sack more per game in his career than Roethlisberger. Yeah. And Roethlisberger was a way bigger-bodied guy right. than Russell right. Wilson. So right. keep that in mind. Want to know what you think? The error number is 303-831-1340. Want to remind you, it's also football. It's coming back. You know it's coming back. In fact, it's here. So now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas, and now you can use promo code MILEHIGH to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with that promo code MILEHIGH. Hi, that's an easy one to remember. So don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook Sports and the promo code Mile High. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll talk more about football, but I do have a stat, and you do too, about the Colorado Rockies that is shocking. Uh, If you want to feel better about all the other bad news, at least, you know, teams you're following in town, they're not the Rockies. So, you know. There's that. We'll talk about it next on My Life Sports. This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. It is Friday. Danny Bailey rolling with some cat dollar sign. Huh. On a Friday night. It is uh, football Friday. The Colorado Rockies are already losing to the Baltimore Orioles uh, back east 2-1. to one. Kyle Freeland on the mound. Not a shock. The Rockies are seven and a half games out of second to last place in the <laughs> National League. That's yeah, behind how St. Louis, bad it is. And they're eight and a half behind Pittsburgh 
and they're ten and a half behind Washington and the Mets. But you know that yeah, like is, the, you know, who are having terrible years. All the Washingtons play better. Lately. You have those, uh, you know, the, the late night. I, I'm I'm a night owl. You get the late night sales TV. But, but wait, there's more. But usually they mean it in a good way. Right. I don't. Right. Uh, here, here's the teams that are directly ahead of the Rockies. Right. Seven and a half games ahead of them are the Cardinals. Uh, eight and a half are the Pirates. Right. Ten and a half yeah. are the Nationals oh, yeah. and the Mets. The Mets and Pirates and Cardinals. Three of the four teams directly ahead right. of the Colorado Rockies in the standings. And also, by the way, terrible teams that have no chance at the playoffs and have it at any point. The Mets, by ESPN's reckoning, have a 0.8% chance of making the playoffs. Right. Those teams I just listed combined have a better run differential <laughs> than the Colorado Rockies at minus 180. Actually, goodness if, if, gracious. If you look at what the Rocky record should be, Based on the run differential, they're actually probably two or three games better than they should be. They're lucky to be <laughs> 48 and 79 instead of 45 and 82. And at 45 and 82, they would surely lose 100 games. And in order to avoid losing 100 games, the Rockies have to finish 15 and 20. They aren't playing, I don't think, for the remainder of the season, any bad teams, including their final homestand of seven games against the first-place Dodgers and, yes, the first-place Twins over in the Who, by the way, this for don't look now, but the first-place Dodgers are gaining a little bit on the Atlanta Braves and they're only four absolutely want to continue to right. win those games yeah. and feast that's right. on no, that's right. whatever's left that's right. of the Colorado and Atlanta, Rockies. And, you know, listen, Dodgers won eight out of ten. Atlanta's won seven out of ten. So the Dodgers have gained in the last uh, couple of weeks. They've gained uh, a little bit of ground on Atlanta. I don't think they'll catch them. Uh, we're we're talking about what twenty five, twenty six games. Yeah, but I mean, maybe a few. No, I, I'm wrong on that. My my math isn't great. It, actually, there it's are thirty six games, thirty five, thirty six games. But you're right. Most They're games. at Baltimore. But the Rockies would have to go fifteen and twenty to avoid losing one hundred games. Fifteen and twenty works out to a win percentage four twenty nine of four twenty nine. Yeah. Their record right now at 48 and 79 works to a percentage of 378. So be, even if they won, that'd be 10% better. Four well, out of every but, 10 yeah. games from here right. on out. Still not enough. It wouldn't be enough. They'd still lose and 100 to 102 got. games. As you pointed out, uh, this three set at, at Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, you have, then, then they come back home. But guess who you get? The Braves. First place. Right. Then you get the Toronto Blue Jays coming into town. Say Playoff hi to, to Boba Shett for everybody. Or, uh, or, no, they're not. They're, they're a game and a half out yeah, of the Yeah, but they're 70 but they're and 58. 58. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the National League, they would be the first wild card then you go to Ari- Then you take a road trip, six, in a, six straight to Arizona, where they always play terribly. And Arizona's and, playing well again. Yep, and San Francisco. Then they come back home against the Cubs, who, by the way, don't look now, have the Fifth best Cubs record in the, in the wild card. National League, Playoffs. and then you'll take on uh, the, those same Giants again. Then you travel to the Padres and the Cubs. Now, then, Cubs Padres are losing teams. Padres so, and they yeah. won down. But then after that, you finish with four against the Dodgers. It's all at home, but four against first the Dodgers place. and three against the Twins. First, first place. place. Baltimore. That right team now, is first not place. winning forty three percent of its remaining games, no, folks. No, no. hundred no, losses no. is no, coming. They they will not win fifteen. More no, games. They no will way. be lucky, no in way. my opinion. My opinion. They will be lucky to win 10 more games. They have, And that would put them at 58. They have 20 road wins. And 104. 20 road wins. For a team year. that's never lost, 
never lost 100 games in a season. This is the worst Rockies team of the 31 teams the Rockies have put on the And it's not even close. It's not even all that close. It is an absolute It's worse than the 93 team, their first team, expansion team. Oh, yeah. Uh, And and at least that team was entertaining. Worse on a percentage basis, far worse than the 94 team. The season was shortened by the strike, of course, in 94. 95, they made the playoffs. 96 and 97, they went 83 and 79. Fired Don Baylor in 98 after winning, what, 77 Game, something like that, 77, 78 games, something like that. And they that. that that by their standards at that time, they had three straight years of making the playoffs and winning records, winning records three straight years. So when he had a losing record in 98, they fired him. And even even some of their bad teams in the early 2000s were better than this team is. You were talking about Trey Lance to begin the the program for the for the Denver Broncos as a possible option. And I said if they wanted do something about it. They better get on the stick. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't fast enough. Trey Lance, according to ESPN and multiple reports, dealt from the 49ers to the Dallas Cowboys for a fourth-round wow. selection. Well. In the last You uh, know why Dallas got him? A couple of minutes. Dallas offered a fourth. Mm-hmm. A mid-round pick, right? Mm-hmm. Which we said I the Broncos should have done. You, offer fourth. I guarantee you there were other teams they talked to None of whom offered a Broncos fourth would have been better because the Broncos are not expected to be where the Cowboys are. Uh, Yes. If the Broncos were in any conversations, they did not offer a fourth. If you're the the Niners, you'd rather ship them out of the conference just in case. Yeah. So, uh, right. I told you, it had to go quick. Missed the boat. Cowboys end up getting Trey Lance for a fourth round selection. In the playoffs? Yeah. I thought so. Isn't that the. Right. Yeah. How they trade Trey Lance? (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Well, they got a fourth rounder. So I, I think they feel they made out pretty well. But you know what? Very interesting deal for for Dallas. And now the more I start thinking about it, Dallas makes some sense. Not because Dak Prescott is anything but one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. But let's be honest, he's closer to being 10, 10 11, 12 one. in that area. He might He's probably top 10. But. He's been a part of two playoff victories in, what, seven years? And he's a free Dallas? agent after next season. There you go. 2024 20, season so, is the end of his so, current contract. So, after next year, they might – I'm not saying that Lance in 2024 would replace Prescott, but they'd have to consider the possibility, and Jerry Jones loves him, but consider the possibility they might lose him mm-hmm. and – Stylistically, yeah, there's a little bit of a difference, but these are both big, rangy, strong-armed guys. And neither one is proven in the postseason. Of course, Lance isn't proven in the regular season. But the thing with Lance is he hasn't proven that he can't play either. He hasn't had the chance. And in Dallas, he'll be the unquestioned number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll get scout team work in practice, and, you know, NFL quarterbacks, even big ones like Prescott, they aren't indestructible. Oh, no. No. You know, chances are Dak Prescott won't start and finish 17 games. Yeah, I think, I think it's three. Chances are, and that's true with almost anybody. And both of these guys, at least from the, the contract standpoint, 
because I don't think anyone's going to give Trey Lance his fifth-year option, and uh, which would be a comical number. Dallas will not give him that. Well, what it, what it does for Dallas is you have both of these quarterbacks for this year and next year. And you got a $5 million backup, which the Broncos have a $5 million backup. And they can decide by the end of 2024. That isn't bad. And remember, they still actually have you know, Cooper Rush, who I thought was was yeah, fine. Was okay. And maybe they can flip Cooper but Rush if they'd so, like. You know, who knows? Or they right. just keep him. You know, or they, they, have keep three. Him, they have three. And you work on yeah. Lance. But right. now Brandon Allen, the aforementioned Brandon Allen becomes San Francisco's number three yes, quarterback. Yes. That is, if you don't believe some of the reports out of San Francisco, in which reporters have said that uh, regardless of what the team has put out on its unofficial depth chart, Brandon Allen surpassed. Trey Lance, and that was one of the reasons in which it was actually. Well, no, no, I, I, I think I absolutely, and they could get more for Lance. But yes, every piece that I've written coming out of San Francisco suggested that Sam Darnold was further ahead of Lance than Lance was as the third stringer and four stringer Allen. We've seen it was a lot closer between Lance and Allen than it was between Lance and Darnold. Although, from what I saw the other night, I'll say it again. Uh, I thought Lance was better than Darnold, but then I believe more in Lance than I do in Darnold. I, th- I think Darnold's a bust. But I can understand why the 49ers made the deal they did because I don't think you could get a fourth for Darnold in a trade. No, And you certainly not. couldn't get it for Allen. No. You can get a fourth. That's a, that's probably as good a deal I'm as, sure they, as, good as they could make. I'm sure it's as good as they could make. I do wonder for Lance if being in Dallas is the best place to try to to, to – make everything work out but regardless getting pressure's off the pressure's on prescott this year. N- now it is right and, and and now if you're the cowboys you have the next two seasons to evaluate and go there into 2025 go. and say hey you know what we have both that's these guys exactly let's see right. how they're looking and let's see which one we want to pay so exactly right. i think it's a smart move for dallas and uh it's it's at least an opportunity for the 49ers to extricate themselves from a increasingly complicated situation but for the Denver Broncos and all the hopes that perhaps they well, would get the in there. Well, the speculation was fun while it lasted. It was lasted. lasted just less about than a, two hours. Yeah, less than two hours. But, hey, it was fun. Uh, thanks for all the, uh, the the feedback and the interaction and the uh, well wishes. Sandy's birthday today. Happy birthday. I uh, hope you're doing something fun this weekend that can um, be in the rain, I guess, because that appears to be. I probably won't in be the, outdoors. Uh, yeah, it's but that will be uh, not so much. Uh, the Broncos get it underway tomorrow to wrap up their preseason uh, tomorrow night, of course, out at uh, the Empower Field at Mile High. Uh, college, college football. College football gets going tomorrow as well. And uh, high school football. Preps football going. Oh, it yeah. is football. It's, it's, sure it's here. Explain tonight. Where we're at it. Football season is here. You made it. Congratulations. And you get a little fall weather to enjoy it as well. Thanks to everyone who interacted with us, who listened on the FM dial, on the HD radio, for anyone who listened on the website, both either watch or listen, MileySports.com, or the ones of you who got ahead of it and made it easy on yourself and just got the uh, Mile High Sports app wherever you get apps. So that has everything that you can imagine. Danny Bailey's the man in the booth that makes everything work. Thanks to Justin Adams for CBS News Colorado joining us as well. Have a safe and enjoyable weekend. You made it to football season. For Sandy Clough, I'm Sean Drotar. We'll catch you next time right here on Mile High Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. I saw the fire in your eyes. Hey, is this real life? No, we are not friends. We're American, because you're an American. Okay? Greatest country on the planet. I'm the hammer of Thor, but I'm not the encyclopedia of the I did not have 